In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, I was a parochial vicar here at St. John's. I had the opportunity to take an extended vacation and go to the United Kingdom. And on the last full day of the trip, I decided to go to the Tower of London. And as we know, it, the Tower of London was the place where St. John Fisher and St. Thomas More were held before they were executed by King Henry VIII for standing up for the Catholic faith, for standing up for the dignity of marriage, for standing up to the witness that there is one true Catholic Church. And so upon visiting the Tower of London, it was somewhat disedifying because when the the docent, who was a very nice gentleman, a, a soldier in the British Army, dressed up as the Beefeater, gave a very bombastic kind of presentation. The Tower of London is now a place of merriment, in a sense, a place of, of tourism, where you can see the crown jewels. And it's become, instead of a place where of somber meditation on the sacrifices of men and women who stood up for the Catholic faith, who were imprisoned there, it has become a tourist trap. And tomorrow, we celebrate the 240th anniversary of our country's founding. And something similar may have happened to our culture. With Memorial Day and July 4th as opportunities for merriment, opportunities to have a barbecue, go to the beach, having other or the mountains, or whatever vacation you might choose. They're major travel holidays. And I wonder if, as Americans, we have forgotten the reason why we have these days off. Do we really meditate or contemplate the sacrifices that men and women have made so that we can live in freedom? so that you and I can worship in this church every Sunday to proclaim that there is one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Our bishops during this time always call, have been recently calling us to pray for religious freedom, a fortnight for freedom. Because as we know, there are threats to our religious freedom. Threats are our free practice of our faith. Our Constitution guarantees through the Bill of Rights that there should be no prohibition on the exercise of religion. But it seemingly hasn't stopped many in government from abridging that right and undermining it in other ways. First, we should be reminded that Christ won our freedom on the altar of the cross that the first tyranny that we need to be concerned about is the tyranny of sin. That original sin that was committed by Adam and Eve so long ago bound man to the tyranny of his and her own passions. That the defect in the human soul, that inclination of sin fosters in us a disorder of our passions 
so that we do not choose in accord with reason, but in accord with the passions that we've been given. These passions that often deceive us into sinning, sinning against ourselves and sinning against others. And it is Christ who came, the Word made flesh, dwelling among us, who offered himself so that we might receive abundant grace to overcome this inclination to sin, to be free from the tyranny of the devil, the tyranny of being ruled by our passions so that through his grace we can live in true freedom, to choose the good for ourselves and to choose others instead of the opposite. And so what we ask from our governments and we ask for the world today is to guarantee that we can pursue this freedom and to proclaim that freedom in the public forum to others. For we have a mission to tell others about Jesus Christ, to offer them that same freedom from tyranny that, that we enjoy as Catholic Christians. We today face the challenge of two threats against our freedom to practice our faith in the public forum. One is secular humanism, which places man at the center, putting man, in a sense, in the place of God, only seeing fulfillment in this current life, not seeing anything beyond. And so what this has done by putting man in the center has divorced freedom from truth. For as we see, as years have gone by, how we have made deviancy more and more normal. Because instead of acknowledging that there is something called natural law or the truth about the human person, we increasingly recognize the rights of people to give in to their passions in various ways and, and try to require us to recognize their way of life in law. And what this has done over time is eroding our freedom and ability to proclaim the gospel, to be able to, in the public forum, talk about natural law and Christ and his grace. For then now we have become, in their eyes, the ones who are discriminatory, the ones who are not, do not recognize the dignity of every person, but is in fact they who have undermined the dignity of human persons, they who have undermined the natural law, they who are leading others to scandal. Our Lord says in our gospel today that woe to those false prophets, those false prophets who would lead others to sin, for we, before their, by their fruits we shall know them. For if we do not evangelize, if we sort of become a cocoon, sort of escaping into our own little world, then we will find that increasingly the secular world will eat away one little bit at a time our ability to practice our faith in the public forum, 
restricting our profession of faith to the walls of a church instead of in social media, on the internet, in movies, television, and to be able to even speak of our faith to people in stores, in our homes, and in public places. And we find that there is another threat to our faith, another threat, and that is radical Islamic terrorism, which is increasingly every day threatening the free practice of Christianity in the Middle East and even in our country. As we see, the problem with Islamic terrorism is that it attempts to force Islamic faith and belief on others through violence and intimidation. And it is a way that will continue, that we, as we have seen in the Middle East, will continue to grow and persecute Christians if we are not vigilant. If we as a church sort of ignore the problem or wrap ourselves in a cocoon, then even that threat too will, will be an increasing threat even here as we saw in San Bernardino, California and Orlando. That proclamation of the gospel to all is so important. This past week, I participated in work camp, and I saw a glimmer of hope where one of our crews that went out to work on a, a, a home of a poor person was a Muslim family in which this woman had suffered from divorce. And at the end of the, at the end of the week, they have, they invite all of the residents who've been served. And we could see that she was touched by the heart of young people who professed their faith publicly in working on her home. And that that could be a potentially one new convert to the Catholic faith. Because our young people served someone serve someone who didn't believe in our faith. For every person is a potential Catholic. Every person is called to believe in Jesus Christ. Even those who are committing horrible crimes against human freedom and religious freedom. God offers his mercy to all, and we are called to proclaim that gospel, that Jesus is indeed the Savior, the Son of God, the one who has come to free us from the tyranny of sin and death. So as we celebrate tomorrow with our barbecues, with our fireworks display, let us not forget the sacrifices of those who have fought for our freedom. Let us not forget those who risked their lives to make our country independent and free. And let us recall our need to be a witness to the gospel so that we can participate in sanctifying our nation and so our nation might participate in the freedom and the peace that only comes from Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.